Welcome to Mending Fences, a podcast about effective ways to communicate and live with differences. I'm Patrice Bremner. And I'm Jen Hawthorne. We're both family law mediators and collaborative law attorneys, but our conversations go well beyond family law. We explore the personal, interpersonal, legal, and cultural impact of conflict. Hi, welcome back to Mending Fences. I'm Patrice Bremner, and I'm here with Jen Hawthorne. Hi, Patrice. How are you? Hi, Jen. I'm good. Jen and I are going to do something today that we've done before, and it's very similar, actually, to a recent episode. We're going to talk about three things that we recommend people avoid doing whenever they're engaged or need to be engaged in a difficult conversation. We've not talked about this. I have a list. Jen has a list. We don't know what's on one another's lists. And we're going to be hearing from each other for the first time now. But just to frame it, and Jen, you can say more about this. These are things that we think will undermine effective communication. So if you're in a situation where it's important that the communication be productive, and it could be in any setting, right, Jen? Right. Any setting. Right. So it could be with family, at work, in any kind of setting where it might be difficult and you know it's going to be tough, things to keep in mind that you want to avoid, right? And we should preface this by saying, or at least I should, that when I was coming up with my list, I was thinking about scenarios both that I've witnessed clients' experience and also my own personal experiences. And so I mentioned that it's based a little bit on my own personal experiences because I want to say... What we're going to talk about not doing today, it's not always easy. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's really hard. Like the things on my list, I'm not good at sometimes. I would agree. I think these things, the things on my list are very difficult to do. And maybe that's why they popped into my head is because they're the ones that I've struggled with and had to really train myself into over a long time. And yeah, total imperfection in application for me. So I think like we've done this before, Jen, why don't you start with your number one and not that they're in an order of priority. <laughs> right. They're, they're completely... The way I'm going to say these, they are in the order they popped into my head. Okay. So maybe it's the order of things that I see the most often, both again with myself and watching clients. Stop talking if it's making things worse. Stop talking. So Patrice and I have a colleague who has talked about before how whenever she's in a situation where she's not sure it's helping for her to talk, she has this acronym, WAIT, why am I talking? And so I try to think of that now. And I try to encourage my clients to think about that. If you're in a conversation that's really hard and things are escalating, the hostility is escalating, the emotions are escalating, fear is escalating, whatever you're feeling feels like it's getting harder and harder instead of easier and easier. That's not a productive conversation. So just stop. So Uh, your number one is the thing to avoid is continued is escalation. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the right way to say it is don't make things worse. So don't keep talking if you are making it harder for yourselves to get back to a good place of communication. Yeah. No, that's a really good one. And I, I think on a recent episode, I talked about that. I don't remember if it was like, the three things you should do. I don't remember what it was, but I remember talking about like just when you need to walk away. Yeah. And exactly. you need to come back. You do have to come back another time. Right. But 
but it's important to know when to just, like you're saying, just why am I talking? Like, stop. Right. And depending on what the nature of your conversation is, this is a point in time when maybe you just do need some time and space and you're going to be able to come back to that conversation and have a really rational, productive, thoughtful conversation with someone. And maybe that's the point in time where you need to enlist help, some sort of professional, whether depending on the nature of the relationship, maybe it's, you know, you mentioned Patrice, it could be a work related thing. Maybe it's someone in human resources. Maybe it's a, a marriage counselor. Maybe it's a mediator if you're having a dispute with, you know, your neighbors or something like that. But figuring out is there someone there that available that could make that conversation less difficult? And if you don't have, so I'll add this, if you don't have access to somebody or it just doesn't seem feasible, I think it's important, if possible, to acknowledge that the person who's not stopping may not want to stop. So the, the person who has the presence of mind to say, hey, we need to have this conversation another time, or I can't do this right now, it can feel like a real slight to the other person. And they may not be as accepting of the stopping or see the wisdom in it in the moment if it's already pretty heated. So it's helpful if you can say, I care about this enough to say, okay. or I care about you enough, or this is important enough to me. This conversation is important to me. And so we need to stop for now and come back to it when we can both come back without it sounding like, okay, so my this goes right into my number one. You ready? Awesome. I'm ready for my it. My number one is don't blame. So... Yeah. Don't come in finger pointing and blaming. And that's hard because if you're yeah. you know, in a difficult conversation, it's going to seem like, well, how do I not do that if the whole point of the conversation is all the bad things the other person is doing? So it's, it's really hard. But in the work we do, I've seen over the years so many different like lists of rules for effective communication or guidelines for effective communication. And they always include this statement of not leveling accusations against the other person and trying to use instead I statements, meaning I feel this way, or I heard this, or I want this, or I don't want, instead of keeping the focus on the other person. So to not blame and instead to keep the focus on yourself. Yep. Oh, I wrote down for part of my number three. So I'm not going to give away the other parts that I still have a number three. But part of what I wrote down is don't turn it into an attack, which feels really similar to don't blame the other person. Right. And it's hard. It's tricky. So you have to kind of find your way to have the conversation without it becoming... And I've seen people try to do this. I've tried to... So I'll use myself. I know there have been times when it was like, okay, I don't want to use any blaming language. So I'm still blaming. I'm just using slightly different language. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking like, okay, I'm not blaming, but I'm blaming. <laughs> right. Well, and I think it's it's really hard when you're stuck in a conflict not to do that. Because as human beings, we're not inclined to see our own contributions to problems. Even if it's that somebody else created a situation that you feel stuck in now, the reason the conversation became difficult is most likely because your reaction to what they did wasn't the best reaction or wasn't the most helpful reaction at the moment. Or There's always a piece, I think, that we have to own in any difficult conversation. And when you're just focused on the attack-blame cycle, nobody's 
doing that self-reflection and taking that responsibility. Yeah. And I think if people find that this is really difficult, you want to go back to the things that we talked about in the ways to improve communication. And in that episode, when we talked about activating your active listening skills and hearing things, allowing yourself to really hear the other person, maybe as if what they're saying is coming to you for the first time, even if you've heard it a million times before. So the fresh ears, the active listening, and being kind of curious about what the outcome might be and being kind of hopeful about what the outcome might be. Yep. That leads into my number two, which was related to something you want to try to avoid is being defensive. And that's slightly different than blaming, but it's you're hearing maybe blame or attack from the other person. And your natural reaction is to just explain or deflect or push back on them. And instead, almost exactly what Patrice was just saying is what I had written down before we started recording. So that it's a time when you start feeling that instinct where you feel like you have to defend yourself because you are being attacked or you are being blamed. Take some deep breaths, pause for a minute or two if you have to before you respond, and then try to respond with curiosity and an open mind. Because I think really often in difficult conversations, what the other person is saying might feel like blame or an attack, but they're not trying to blame or attack. They're trying to explain their feelings. And if we respond in a way or the the person responding responds in such a way that it's just a defensive response rather than a, I need to understand more because right now I'm feeling defensive. It's okay to say that out loud. Like I'm feeling really attacked right now. I really, my defensive nature is starting to kick in, but I think maybe I'm not actually hearing what you're trying to say. Could you give me some more information about this? And maybe then that leads you down a more productive pathway. That's excellent. And it's it's my number two as well. Awesome. I had, yeah, <laughs> defending. So I think when you become defensive, you really shut down, you're shutting down your ability to take anything in or to be yeah. receptive. And I liked what you said about it's okay to say, I feel myself getting defensive. It's natural. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with it. When you feel like you're being attacked, whether it's whether it's the other person's intention or not, if you're feeling attacked, you know, you're going to want to defend yourself. But yeah. being self-aware and knowing like this is going to just understanding how it will affect the communication. If I become defensive, this is going to go nowhere. Right. So yeah. So being able to say it out loud or ask yourself, like, do we need to take a break? Do we need to come right. back? Do we need to go right. cool off? Right. And just like when we were talking about you should stop talking if it's making things worse. And Patrice, you said maybe explaining to the person that you care and you want to resolve this conflict, that also is a time you could acknowledge, like, I'm having a hard time in this conversation because I'm feeling defensive. I really do want to resolve this conflict, but I need some time and space. Yeah. So I'm going to go to my number three. Okay. Which ties into these other ones. It's so interesting how they're all interrelated, right? Which I think we found with our three positive suggestions. So my number three was don't ignore. That's a good one. So, which can be, it can play out in a few different ways. So, you know, if someone says, we need to stop, I can't do this right now, we'll have to come back. Somebody might perceive that as being ignored or being shut down. And that's not 
and you don't want to do that. So it's important to communicate the need and where it's coming from. And also just in the context of the conversation, being aware, and this can get tricky. Like there may be comments that you should ignore. There may be things that you don't want to respond to. You don't have to take the bait from on everything that's coming at you. And there are some things that you need to not respond to, but to listen for the things that you do need to respond to and not ignore. I guess that's the right way of saying it. Not ignore the other person's concern, like what the underlying concern is, what they're... Yeah. A different way of saying it, I think, is even when you're feeling angry or pushed to your limits, if you can give that other person a little piece of like acknowledgement that you're hearing them and that you're able to identify what their needs are, even in the smallest capacity, and then you have to walk away from a conversation that gives them hope, maybe is the right word, that there will be a follow-up conversation that gets them someplace later, or at least it gives them reassurance that the part of the conversation you're having had some purpose other than just... Yeah. And I think it all wraps back, all of these points kind of wrap back into just be... You know, if you can go into any difficult conversation looking for ways to validate the other person's dignity, like just looking, even if you disagree with their position or you disagree with their thinking on something, you can still come from a place of you're a human being and we don't want to walk away with damaged dignity on either side. Right. Right. I totally agree. And recognizing that hearing someone and agreeing with them are not the same thing. That's a conflict conversation that I have with my teenager sometimes that we'll have a whole conversation and she thinks that she's done a really good job at explaining her point of view and her thoughts. And she usually has. And then we get to the end and I'm not in agreement with what she said or wants to do or her actions or whatever it was that we were talking about. And she'll respond with, well, you weren't listening. And I'll say, no, I heard you. I heard you say this, 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 and this. I just don't agree. And usually she's not thrilled with that response, but that's a way to end it where she knows she was heard, even if she's not getting what she wants. Yep, I get it. So what was your number three, Jen? So my number three is, this is sort of the opposite extreme of attacking or being defensive. I have also witnessed, and I suppose I probably do this too, I think I'm more of an attacker though, honestly, if I'm being truthful. It's when people play the victim. And I hate using that terminology, but I couldn't think of a better way to say it. And what I mean is that sometimes when one person in a difficult conversation is in that blame attack mode and the other person, maybe they feel some guilt over what happened. Maybe it's just they want to be done with the conversation, but they start taking responsibility for everything saying that they are the bad person or the bad actor in this, that they'll fix it, that they'll do this and that. The problem there from my perspective, and maybe victim isn't the right word for what I'm describing as I say it out loud, but from my perspective, the problem there is if someone is accepting everything that's being thrown at them, either again, out of guilt or some other emotion or to end the conversation, and you're trying to actually resolve a conflict, That person who takes it all is, there's usually a limit to how much any person can take in that scenario. And that agreement or that resolution that people come to falls apart 
more often than it lasts as someone has time to really process the conversation. And so again, you can't stress enough, it's stepping back if you feel like you're falling into either any of these categories too far, acknowledging it for yourself, being self-aware and verbalizing it to the other person. And that maybe that's a, a time to change the dynamic or stop talking. Yeah, that's a really good one, Jen. And I and it it kind of brought to mind, I mean, we've made it through your three and my three, and it and we're landing at a place that I know is going to be a springboard for another conversation. And that is because what I heard you just describe is behavior that could lead to a false resolution. Yeah. So you're going to end up with this temporary kind of false resolution where you might even feel somebody might even feel some sense of vindication or victory yes, like oh you've exactly. you've taken it all on you admit that you're wrong about everything which is kind of just the flip side of something we have talked about maybe talking about which is you know why coercion doesn't work in conflict resolution right. it doesn't bring lasting solid results right it's not a real Agreed. resolution yes i think that is exactly where this conversation should go so We should definitely keep talking. Thanks, Jen.